0: Paddy Woodworth is back on Culture File, this time with a woody and worthwhile selection for our ideal shelf full of nature writing. This time, Paddy adds Wildwood, a hymn to wood and woods by English writer Roger Deacon, to the
1: Naturalist bookshelf. Some great books are, in the best sense, partly made of other books. Roger Deacon's Wildwood, A Journey Through Trees, draws on poets, social commentators, and natural history writers. For some of its extravagant enchanting foliage but it has a unique color and sap and texture of its own at one point deacon quotes italo calvino's definition of a classic as a book that has not finished what it has to say he was far too modest to have imagined this but this description perfectly fits deacon's own work i will remember the pleasures and the insights that i found in wildwood on the first reading while I was writing my own environment book. But coming back to it now, 15 years later, I can't think of another book I've picked up again for this series that gives me such delight, so many happy surprises. It is so densely packed with rich nuggets that I'm already promising myself to browse it a third time, and soon. I think it will always have more to say to me. There is a sharp poignancy to this pleasure because Deacon the author of the highly successful Waterlogged, developed a brain tumour while he was finishing Wildwood. He didn't live to see his second book published. His vivid opening account of the trees, 300 no less, and the meticulous craftwork that he uncovers as he restores his Elizabethan Suffolk farmhouse fizzes with life, but it is gently shadowed by death. This sets the tone for some 30 short chapters that have no clear narrative or temporal structure between them and shoot off in a hundred different directions but they are organically bonded by a passion for everything to do with trees and a loving appreciation of the diverse people who manage them as foresters or a work in myriad fashion with the wood trees produce in fact i might quibble a little with his title wildwood because culture runs very happily with nature here from start to finish. Deacon's keenly aware that most landscapes, even the Australian outback, are deeply marked by humans. And like Simon Shama, he sees this, in many cases, as something to celebrate, not to lament. I'm not sure he would have liked that currently fashionable term, rewilding. Deacon certainly seeks out solitary experiences in wild places, sleeping out on woodland floors, inserting himself into the hollow trunk of a great oak and reading books while reclining halfway up a massive poplar. Yet he doesn't imagine he is in a wilderness. He's scathing about the disdain for nature and craft in industrialised agriculture, but he has a deep and very knowledgeable appreciation of husbandry. His sustained hymn to trees and wood encompasses a journey to Kazakhstan to find the ancestral home of the domestic apple and to the Jaguar factory in Coventry to celebrate walnut veneer dashboards. He reflects in passing on Roland Barthes' observation that cars are the 20th century equivalent of Gothic cathedrals. And then he talks about Ruskin. But any wooden object can launch an appreciative essay, from pencils to early aircraft propellers. He is a skilled woodsman and craftsman himself coppicing by day, carving a new handle for a broken billhook in the evening, and plashing a hedgerow the next morning. But he never exhibits the macho arrogance that sometimes goes with such skills. It is his unassuming humility that carries him to the heart of things. He seeks out sociable company among numerous sculptors and painters of nature, including David Nash and Mary Newcomb in England. In Australia's Whipstick Forest, he goes on magical excursions with John Woolsey, an artist who borrows energy from the aftermath of wildfires. I dance through the bush, Woolsey says, moving the board over the burnt branches, letting them do the drawing. This artist also sometimes buries his paintings for years. This is so that they bear the imprints of roots, the nibbles of termites, nature's comments, nature's signatures. Everywhere Deacon walks or climbs or lies down, he celebrates the interconnectedness of things, whether they be artworks or cultures or ecosystems. He is permanently wide-eyed with wonder at the sexual life of a particular flower or the vital dynamism of wood grain, even in an ancient oak table. His book appropriately finishes unfinished as he tends a bower he has created on his farm with the aid of four pairs of ash trees planted 20 years earlier. He brings his bed there and dreams, he writes in Valediction, of how this lattice of living limbs will continue to dance long after I'm gone. One can only hope that ash dieback never reaches the little corner of Suffolk the deacon made so very special. Paddy Woodworth there, carefully replacing Roger Deacon's
0: wild wood on the naturalist bookshelf. And if you're a fan of bookshelves, the National Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin, this coming Sunday is the place for you. CultureFile will be recording a special programme as part of Dublin Book Festival there, as Paddy invites some of his favourite Irish naturalists to tell us about some of their own bookshelves. On the panel, Richard Nairn, Jane Clark and Tina Claffey. That's at 3pm. And for the early risers, I'll be in conversation with West Cork Rainforest Guardian Owen Dalton and wild voice Ana Nilauna about wildness in a few of its many forms. That's from 1pm at the National Botanic Gardens.